0: Happy 2016, everyone out there in Zeta Global Radio land. I am Savante here, and I am so excited to have you all on this new journey of the new year. And I want to welcome back Candace Thomas. She was here, as you probably know, uh, with Garnet Schulhauser at the end of last year on our show about speaking to the spirits and connecting to the other side and i just wanted to share as i was telling her off air that this show single-handedly out of the entire show for all of 2015 and was our most highly rated and that really shows a lot about the energy present as well as the content and of course the the liver of the content both you and Garnet schulhauser so we are welcoming candace here to open up our shows for the next couple months and really just kind of give her uh, beautiful guidance and wisdom for all of us as we move into this new year with grace and ease and abundance and health and beautiful programming and content with all the people who will be on our shows for the entire year. So here we go. Welcome Candice Thomas.
1: Thank you, Savante, for having me back on air. And one of the hits that I'm getting from Spirit to talk about today, since uh, the guests are conscious music, which I'm excited about. But it's just an understanding of the intuitive ability called clairaudience. Clairaudience is the ability to hear Spirit, to hear through our intuition. Clear audience means that we're not affected just by sounds that we hear outside of ourselves, but thoughts or ideas that come to mind seemingly from out of nowhere. This is one of the major ways that our angels and guides and loved ones on the other side communicate with us. Sound is very important because it's very healing to us as well. We're actually crystals. Even though we look like boring human beings, we actually vibrate and resonate to sound and music. And so it was just a reminder from spirit to pay attention and listen to the inner sounds that you may receive throughout your day, such as if you get that little voice that comes to your mind and tells you to call someone or to go a specific way on your way to work or on your way home, trust and listen to that little voice. You can even ask Is this my intuition or is this my imagination? And you will get an answer. Trust your first impression. It's very important as we head into the new year that we start listening and trusting and honoring our intuition and again, appreciate and believe in the healing power of sound, the music that we experience and the way that we interact with sounds around us. If you can stop thinking about everything in your mind, just kind of clear your thoughts and really be present with how you are physically feeling, what you're physically thinking about, what you're emotionally feeling, just doing that will empower you to be able to tune into your your hearing power, the power of audience, and tune you in more deeply with your angels and, and spirit helpers who are so desperately trying to get a hold of you and get your attention to manifest all that you desire in your life.
0: Beautiful. Wow, thank you so much. What a perfect way to start off this interview with three extraordinary beings, Jay Lakshmi and Ananda and Amani Friend from Desert Dwellers. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
2: Hey, ZGR listeners, this is Cade. Just want to let you know I released my new CD, We'll Rap for Change, through Cinder Cone Records. It touches on topics of the trials and tribulations of life, Have to stay positive through these tough times. To order a copy, go to cadeofficial.bandcamp.com. That's cadeofficial.bandcamp.com. That's C-A-I-D. Peace. Have a good one.
0: Welcome everybody to 2016. I am Lainey savante Walken, and I am so pleased to be here sharing in this great new year and starting it off with a beautiful topic, one that awakens and enlightens and expands us all, conscious music. We hope you had a beautiful end to your 15 and a beautiful beginning right here with our guests today. We have such a special show, starting it off with Jaya Lakshmi and Ananda. Most people know them through the beautiful kirtan circuit but they do so much more and we are here to enlighten all of us with all that they do with their expansive uh, music that touches so many people worldwide so without further ado i'm so pleased to not only welcome them to the show but my co-host nick johnson you've seen him here also on zgr last year we did a drum a sacred drumming show And he is definitely part of the ZGR family. So, Nick Johnson, thank you also for being here. And here we go. Welcome to the show, Jay Lakshmi and Ananda. Hi. Hello. Welcome, welcome, and happy new year.
3: Thank you. Thank
0: you. I was looking on your website and looking at how many incredible people get to take part in your performances for the year you had such a lineup already and that's so pleasing that so many people resonate with the beautiful work that you're putting out
4: we're pretty full-on these days you know between touring and um, recording and um yeah we don't have too much uh spare time so to speak (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, just as a little background pre- preview, I, I've I've known you, Jay Lakshmi, since Bhakti Fest and probably even before that. And and then, of course, as time went on, we had the pleasure of having the two of you here uh, doing work in a performance that I was involved with a few years ago in Albuquerque with your Kurtranika album that was just so incredible that people still to this day are talking about it. And then yeah <laughs> and so, for people who don't know about devotional chant, I mean, maybe let's talk a little bit about the wor- the beautiful work that you do, the creating of mantras through sacred sound, and just sort of how you how you've come into this and choosing this out of any type of music that can grace the planet, you've kind of gone in this direction.
4: You know, uh, I think everyone you know has their own inspiration happening, uh, on some level or other for whatever it is they do, their creativity or, you know, which may or may not be spiritual, spiritual or considered spiritual. But, um, I feel like, I mean, of course I've always loved music and, um, I think as I got into my twenties, I just, uh, I resonated more and more with songs that had spiritual meaning or spiritual, um, uh, you know, essence potency. Well, actually actually when I was probably in high school, I was already resonating with songs like that. Um, you know, looking for deeper meaning, looking for, for, um, not just like, uh, party songs, you know? Um, and so as I got into my deeper, my spiritual path, which I really started to do in my early twenties, um, kind of into the Vedic teachings, Indian, Eastern Indian philosophy and, uh, the Hare Krishna movement. Um I just was very attracted to all that and of course so then I started learning rapidly um as I started chanting um just how powerful that was and how attracted I was to it. And it's kinda like once, you know, for me it's kinda like once I started chanting, I'm like, there's no going back now, you know, like <laughs> because um you know once you get into that and you realize how potent the the words are and how it helps you in your life just with sure. your own with your own energy with your with your minds. you know we all have minds that are just so usually you know all over the place hard to control and thinking all these things so with the mantras it's just it's so helpful it's just like it's like a direct line it's like you know this is what i'm going to think about this is where i'm going to direct my attention and all this like uh feeling you know i have in my heart for the love of God and love of life and gratitude, it's it's all going to go into mantra and song. And um, it just starts to amplify, you know, those, those feelings, those positive feelings. And of course, depending on what mantras you're, you're singing, um, you know, then you amplify particular frequencies and
0: uh, energies. How about you, Ananda? Uh,
4: yeah,
3: I, I really started off with Kundalini Yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, um, and I was at the University of Oregon, and I started taking classes, and it just started really transforming my life, and, um, and of course, a lot of mantra was infused in that practice, and the more I dove into it, the more I experienced the power of um, the vibrational shift that takes place, when when you chant mantra, and so I guess it just it's one of those things that once you get the um, the itch and you're just like wow, you know I think a big part of it is, is already being a musician and a singer, feeling the difference between singing even you know even getting into devotional music, uh, I still felt even the stronger resonance to singing mantra. Um, and so as time went on, it was just like, that's all I really wanted to sing is not, you know, and I mean, of course we have, we have our English songs, which actually probably are more popular than our mantra songs, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but most of what we put out is, is with mantra and, um, and it's primarily what we sing and, and practice. Um, of course, every once in a while, a few gems, um, come through that are like English, you know, English and mantra mix, or it's just English, and, and those are really beautiful too, and, and there's a, something to be said about really a beautiful devotional song in, in, in your own language. Um, but for the most part, we just feel how expansive and uplifting and energetically shifting uh, mantra is for our beings and for others, to see it in the way it interacts with crowds and how people react to it and, and how they're uplifted by it and how they get to sing along. You know, it's, it's so nice to be able to have these mantras, and people already know the mantras, so they just, you know, instantly get to sing along with it. And that is a huge part of our inspiration.
0: A little known unknown factor is um, when I was a teenager, I worked for Yogi Bhajan's chef. And so I got to prepare food for Yogi Bhajan when I lived in L.A. with all the Sikhs. <laughs> so whenever I, I meet beautiful people from 3HO, I get to share that. And um, I just love the community. And I know that you just, ha- when did you release the Kundalini Kirtanika album?
4: October 2nd. Oh. <laughs> this
0: year, Yeah. Wow. Nick, have you had a chance to listen to that? I know that we, we've been looking and listening to a lot of Jayalakshmi Lakshmi and Ananda music. That one's just so beautiful.
5: I have gotten a chance to listen to it, and it's very inspiring. I, uh, I do a lot of yoga myself, and, um, kundalini yoga and yin yoga specifically, but I, I really identify with what you were saying about you know, being in yoga class and seeing how the music influences you. And that's what happened with me. And so I threw on some of your your songs, and I just started doing yoga because, you know, I feel like that's what it's intended for. And I had a great experience. I found a lot of grounding and balance and focus involved.
4: Now, that was you listening to the Kundalini Kirtronica.
5: Mm-hmm
4: cuz that's a pretty dancey album. <laughs> Did you do some yoga dance? Well,
5: there's, you know, there's some uh <laughs> I was listening to a a calmer track and I I really thought it was from that album, but um either way it was your music and I really enjoyed the experience.
3: Yeah, there are a couple um downtempo yeah. songs so, on that album, so yeah, makes sense.
0: I was, you know, I've always been I've been going to kirtan events and gatherings for so many years, and then I meet you all and and you take it to a whole nother level, which i'm so um I'm so thrilled and Then I meet my uh now husband who I've known for years, and he's also doing conscious e d m and I just find that there's such a similar beautiful vibration amongst all these artists, all of you who are creating this work that are understanding the A432, the frequencies of love, the the frequencies and the energies that are going into this music. I wonder if you have people who send you their um, experiences after listening to your music, how transformative it is, because that's got to be very rewarding if they do. I hope they do in droves. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we do. We hear some really special stories sometimes. um, A lot around certain songs. Um, You know, there's This Is The Day that's really, seems to be really popular for healing. And I I actually know of um, quite a few circumstances where people were using that song um, while they're friend was passing or you know they were playing the song or singing the song with their friends as as they were passing on into the life (laughs) and um, also people who have been dealing with you know uh, just long-term illnesses or cancer or uh, people seem to find a lot of strength in that song and a lot of healing um, because that song particularly is about letting go and being liberated by letting go and then there's uh bow to you which is you know another really powerful healing song that seems to just kind of strike across the board for everybody just uh just that deep reverence you know for for life and that surrender um yeah there's a few songs like that we have you know altar of love and it is true there are a lot most of them are in english so it's like you know we we because we're our native language is English. This is our these are our mantras.
0: Is one of you the primary writer? Do you write together, or how you know? And we can talk more about that in the next segment. But I'm curious to know, and I'm sure you are too, Nick. Sort of the process of how you how you create these beautiful pieces.
4: That's a, that's a really good question. So we're we're both highly involved. We're both highly creative uh, songwriters, and very both both are involved in uh the recording and you know all those the process of all that producing um, and really you know it's it's interesting because what's been happening you know i mean I already had my own career uh established to a degree you know before I met sure. Amanda. Sure. oh yeah, and um so you know I have my own uh artistry around the songs I write and the way I write. And and, uh, Ananda's extremely talented in that way. Uh, So, you know, he has his own songs coming through and we just have this way of blending them together when we perform and also in our recordings uh, where we, we kind of more like support each other's songs and
0: each other's songwriting process. I think we're going to take a quick break and hold that thought, and I'd love to hear more on that. And we will uh, delve further into the world of Jayalakshmi Ananda. You're listening to Zeta Global Radio. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Lainey Savante-Wolkin here. Listen New Mexico, we know the world of real estate can be confusing and a sometimes daunting process for those of us who've gone through it. You know that your broker is the complete link to it all. ZDR is happy to recommend Property Brothers NM for all your home buying, selling, and relocation needs. These guys are not only well-versed in their world, they fully recognize the value of customer service, whether you've bought and sold many times before or you're a first-time home buyer, Enjoy the journey of homeownership and check out Property Bros NM to guide you on the path to finding the home of your dreams. You can check them out on Facebook or call 505-312-4950. You can also connect by Skype or email them at propbrosnm at gmail.com. There's a complimentary consultation already waiting for you, and so much more. Contact Property Brothers NM today.
2: Inspiration. It's all around us. All you have to do is open your eyes and ears and let it in.
5: Let it in. Let it in. Let it in. Let
2: it in. Music artists are very in tune with this concept. And here on Top to Music, we like to speed that process up and uncover how they took an inspiration, where they got it, and how they turned it into a song. You see, our goal here on Tap to Music is to help you listen to music on a deeper level. You'll learn tricks, gain skills, and start habits that allow you to create music and a new perspective. My name is Nick Johnson, and I am your host, and welcome to Tap to Music Podcast.
0: Welcome back to ZDR, and I am here with my co-host today, Nick Johnson, and spending beautiful sacred time with Jayalakshmi Lakshmi and Ananda, and if you're just tuning in, we are sharing story about their world and what brings forth the beautiful writings that they share with us in all their music, and of course you can learn more about everything they do at J.Lakshmi and what you just heard is one of their beautiful songs. This is the day we were talking about that in the earlier segment, and a very heartfelt song, and more coming through their beautiful work. And speaking of seeing them in person and doing beautiful work, you have a retreat coming up here shortly. Maybe if there's still time, people can hop on a plane to Guatemala and uh, spend some time with you. Tell us more about that.
3: Yeah, we're um, going to be holding a week-long retreat at uh, on Lake Atitlan, one of the most uh, beautiful places in the world. Three beautiful volcanoes uh, overlooking this uh, majestic caldera lake. And um, it's, a, it's an amazing spot just because um, not only is it scenic beauty, but you have all these in, uh, Mayan indigenous uh, cities, communities living around the lake, as well as a, a pretty significant yoga movement um, okay. and retreat movement that's taking place on the lake. So um, the place we'll be at is um, Isla Verde. It's a really beautiful hotel and retreat center, and it's right on the lake. And we'll be teaching kundalini yoga, sharing music, holding cacao ceremonies, you know, and, just, and taking cultural adventures around the lake. So it's, it's just going to be a really fabulous time.
0: All right, Nick.
5: As we all know, music is very influential. And I was very curious to see if you guys, as a couple, have similar music interests that influence you to create music.
4: Well, I think currently we do. Um, because of our own, you know, each individual evolution uh, in in this life and our own experiences growing up and, you know, liking certain kinds of music. Um, But I think now we listen to a lot of the same music and, you know, we do a lot of yoga and meditation and we really tend to uh, gravitate towards, um, you know, mantra music mostly. (laughs) And we listen, there's so many wonderful mantra artists out there right now that just keep coming out with these beautiful albums. And so we're, we have, we kind of have our pulse, you know, our finger on the pulse of that. And we're always really impressed by just certain artists that come out with really uh, refined sound. I find that really inspiring. Um, like today we just listened to um Harrison's album uh, during our yoga practice. And anyway, it was just really really beautiful. The arrangements are really complex and her voice is beautiful. And so I just find that really inspiring, you know, what's new and what artists are doing right now. But for me personally, um, you know, I just, I could just say that I really, I grew up loving the music of the sixties and <laughs> the early seventies. I loved a lot mm-hmm. of folk artists from the sixties and early seventies. Um, so that's where a lot of my inspiration came from. Um, yeah, I got kind of lost in the jungles in like the 90s and part of the 80s, and so I, kind of I wasn't really sure what kind of music was was going on, you know, and out in the world at that time. So, anyway, that's kind of my my story. I'm I'm a, I'm a child 60s, really. <laughs> Interesting. Great music from that era. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so to me, nothing compares to it. It's just there's, there was such a window—I don't know, astrologically or whatever—but the stuff that was coming through them was so potent. The melodies, the spirit, the vision—you know, there's like a psychedelicness to it. It just—it was just like unprecedented, you know, just what came through.
5: Anyway, I like how you said a window. You know, <laughs> a great way to explain it. You know, when you're listening to that music from that era it's almost like you're peeking in, you know, to their experiences and their world as musicians, you know? They really, like, put it out there.
4: Yeah, it was special. Very special times.
5: (laughs) How about you, Ananda? (laughs) Um,
4: Well, for me, let's
3: see. Going through high school, I was in a punk rock band. So a lot of that kind of, you know, I would say more of like the skater-type punk rock, to you know, um, almost a little bit like pop
0: punk. Wow! And then, yeah, right. <laughs> I would I would have not pegged that for a second. That's good. That's like great insight. <laughs>
3: We're thinking about the next album is a punk time. <laughs> And then uh, I actually started getting into a lot of Latin American music because uh, my mom's Guatemalan and I, so I've always had a cultural connection with Guatemala and Latin American culture and especially like the music has really touched my life pretty significantly. So, you know, a couple key bands that, you know, really um, influenced me was a band called Mana, which is like pretty much the biggest rock band of Latin America, but they it's, it, they're a beautiful bands. They emphasize—I mean, it's a lot of love songs, but um, also uh, a lot of environmental awareness and social rights and indigenous movements um, songs. And they're really potent. So, you know, they're they're kind of like the the hippie rock stars of Latin America, which is pretty impressive with how big they've gotten. Um, and another artist named Ricardo Arjona, which is, he's, it's very kind of almost like classy musician, but incredibly poetic Music's incredibly beautiful, um, spent a lot of years listening to them. And then when I, my college years, I, I listened to a lot of like kind of jam bands, especially a band called Dispatch was probably one of my, uh, most influential, uh, artists that I listened to a lot. Um. Then there was definitely a reggae phase where Bob Marley took over, uh, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed you know reggae and then you know all the different artists that um underneath Bob Marley and whole reggae scene. So I had a, a little phase with that that I really enjoyed and then it kind of shifted into mantra music and you know artists like Snodham Carr and um yeah, even like heart song people like Shimshai definitely had a lot of influence on me and
0: um yeah i was thinking about the i've been to many of your shows the big show that we did here in albuquerque with the uh with your katronica i was thinking about how in a normal setting in a mainstream world which is not Anybody here or probably who listens to our show, you'd be seeing the booze, the drugs, the this, the that. And I remember how many people walked away and told me how they had never felt so expanded. I mean, they didn't need anything. I mean, I do not think we had alcohol that night. How, and, and that's what I always want to share about conscious music is how we can be so expanded where we, you know, instead of a nightclub, we have a light club. Instead of booze, we have, you know, elixir bars. And that we really share this music to the world, to the masses, to show how vibrationally shifting we can be with the music that we're all putting forward or celebrating or promoting. So just want to acknowledge you for how magical uh, I feel in others as they've shown me and told me when they're around your music and listening to it.
3: Nice. That's beautiful. I like that, by the way, the the light
1: club.
0: Yeah. Well, we're we're developing something here in New Mexico. And so I think I might have mentioned like anytime you guys are through, we'd love to just do something great and with all of us going uh, going that direction, I think that's just so important for people to know that they don't need those old paradigm ways to celebrate life through consciousness and music.
4: I can um, share just a little story about Cure um, you know, how that came about. Well, I used to go to raves in the 90s, and, uh, you know, not all the time, but once in a while. <laughs> and I love... I love going there. I love the whole idea of the trance music, and I like kind of house trance and um, just, like, the whole expansive experience of it, the dance. Um, But there was a lot about it I didn't like, and you can guess that's probably, you know, all the kids with pacifiers in their mouths and and doing all of drugs, and the lights were just so intense sometimes, like strobes, you know, and the music, and like... I like the idea of, uh, you know, the whole of the rave trance. Um, so I went to a few sacred raves um, down in the Bay Area. And I was like, now this is what, where I relate, you know, let's do this. And this was in the mid 90s. And so I actually started the band Lost at Last with some friends in Maui. And we started that movement of mixing the trance and house music live with uh, mantra and chanting. And so we did that from 97 to 2004 and we played at Burning Man and we played at a bunch of festivals on the West coast and we got, we got kind of well known during that time. Um, but then of course we broke up because of differences and things. Um, so I was like, I have to continue this music. So I learned how to produce uh, you know the electronic music that on Ableton Live and it's just becoming i feel like you know it's 2015 and i feel like finally like people are more people are catching on you know the ecstatic dance communities opening up to more like sacred mantra music and singing you know while while they're doing the ecstatic dance you know and just just uh the whole idea of making it more of a sacred experience um meaning you know, that we're focused on divine, spiritual energies and transformation. Um, so that's really the inspiration for Keotronica, And also to like see if we can connect, uh, hopefully, you know, with some younger people and, and pull them in too, you know, to something that's really healthy, but also really, um, you know, that, that gets them, you know, that...
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that actually lends perfectly into our next guest uh, when we take a break, which, of course, is a Monty friend from Desert Dwellers, and that's exactly sort of their genre, too. So beautiful pairing today with all of you here, and we'd love to have you back on the show later this year and to check in and see how your tour is going and any upcoming events. We'd love to let our listeners know. Uh, all about what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you, Nick, for co-hosting. And we are going to take a quick break and be right back with Amani from Desert Dwellers. Stick around.
6: Edgewood Acupuncture Wellness, offering all of your one-stop wellness needs, including acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, NAET allergy elimination treatment, massage therapy, chiropractic, nutritional, herbal, and wellness counseling. It's full comprehensive care for the entire family. We're conveniently located next to Tractor Supply Company in Edgewood, New Mexico. Dr. Ann Losey, DOM, has been practicing for 12 years in the Edgewood area. Edgewood Acupuncture Wellness also features Dr. Heath Alvedrez, DC Chiropractic Adjustments, Chandra Martin, Massage Therapy, and Rachel Irwin, also massage therapy. We offer sliding scale fees for acupuncture, and our chiropractic adjustments are only $30. Again, come visit Edgewood Acupuncture Wellness, offering all of your
2: one-stop wellness needs. Hey, ZGR listeners. This is Nick Johnson from Tap to Music Podcast. I'm here in the ZGR studios, and I just heard from Lainey about tech Love. If you're in Albuquerque and still looking for that perfect, cozy holiday party venue, or looking to gather with your friends and community, be sure and check out Tech Love in Knob Hill. TechLove is a warm and inviting performance space that welcomes many creative individuals. Maybe you write poetry, spoken word, songs, or hip hop lyrics. Tech Love has staging and a sound system that helps you with your creative needs. It's a great environment, and gracious hosts are there to ensure that you have a great special event in a private location for music, dance, and connection. For more information, please visit techlove.us or stop by and see Tom at 3901 Central Avenue, just a couple blocks east of Carlisle in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Tell him you heard about TechLove on Zeta Global Radio.
0: Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much, Jaya Lakshmi and Ananda. Love you guys, love your music, and love that you set up a perfect segue to have Amani here. You know what? Amani friend,
7: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm going to say Trevor.
7: Trevor Moon Moon Tribe. Tribe. Yeah.
0: Okay, that was a great opening, but let me start again. Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Jayalakshmi and Ananda. Love you guys. Love having you here. Love your music. And thanks for setting up that perfect segue to have Amani, friend from Desert Dwellers, here live in the studio with us, with Nick Johnson from Tap to Music, and Howard Walken from Bison and ZGR. Wow, we're all here and um really excited so thank you amani for coming down from santa fe and joining our little music party
7: uh it's a pleasure to be here thanks for having me it's a wonderful drive from santa fe to albuquerque so.
0: yeah was there how was there snow up there
7: yeah it snowed a bunch in santa fe yeah,
0: yeah. i um i like this time of year it's a it's a great sort of settling time and then it's also gearing up for expanding into the new year and everything that um, brings comes along with it.
7: Yeah, it's a great time to finish projects that have been sitting through the year and finish some loose ends and start thinking about what our visions are for the next year.
0: Well, for those of you who aren't aware of who desert dwellers are, this is a great opportunity to take in the next... 20 minutes or so with us, uh, Desert Dwellers. You've been around a long time. Would you say?
7: Uh, Desert Dwellers uh, first started in 2001.
0: 2001.
7: Um, and it was coming out of a collaboration I had with uh, Trevor Moon Tribe, mm-hmm. and we started working together in around '99, and we were actually working on up-tempo tribal house music for a couple of years. And, you know, we did that quite a bit, had a bunch of vinyl out on underground labels around the world. And in 2001, we wanted to do some down-tempo music, also very tribal and lots of world music in there. So we came up with the name Desert Dwellers and made about seven or eight tracks uh, at that time. And there's a lot of East Indian flavors and didgeridoo and mixed in with electronic beats. Um, I had been doing that throughout the 90s on my own, actually. It was was a tangent I was interested in. And uh, so Desert Dwellers naturally flowed out of that inspiration that I had been cultivating and a lot of the collaborations I had going. Um,
0: Is Trevor local as well?
7: uh, Trevor's from L.A. Okay. And so we would work remotely and pass projects back and forth he would also come out here to DJ. We were doing electronic dance events in the desert similar to what he and his crew were doing in LA as Moon Tribe. Okay. And we were doing, you know, a smaller version of that out here. And so we would um go out there to visit them and they, you know, some of their DJs would come out here and play our events. So we were bringing Trevor out pretty, you know, Consistently, like once a month to play a show and then he and I would work in the studio for a week Yeah, and then he'd go back to LA um, he, now he lives here for the past couple of years as we've been touring a lot and it's easier to live in the same place
0: yeah absolutely
2: interesting so when you're in the creative mode writing music do you like to use outside influences like say you're listening to a particular album at the time that really inspires you or do you like to kind of shut off and allow your own thoughts
7: to come through i think it's uh you know a little of both um and more of one or the other depending on which project we're working on but in general um i'm really influenced by the world around me and i've been really into field recording um since the 90s and or you know setting up the computer and recording remotely as I meet musicians and singers along the way while I'm traveling with uh, better mics I'll do that too or I'll just have my little field recorder and record nature and environmental sounds and and then you know weaving those together later in the studio is is always a lot of fun for me so yeah I'm really influenced by the environment and the sounds around me and also just who I meet along the way while I'm traveling and kind of weaving that all together.
2: So it sounds like you like to start with the nature side first.
7: Well, it depends on what sort of track I'm working on. I have I have another project called Liquid Bloom, which is a side project um, that focuses more on organic nature sounds and, and real voices and rec- recordings and and that sort of thing so you'll um, have to
0: get with howard he's doing a uh, he's scoring a documentary for the upcoming nyaka aids orphan project in uganda and so i know he's been with debbie ling the producer talking about getting the field recordings and mm-hmm. getting those authentic sounds and we've heard some of them it's so cool yeah, have you traveled around a lot to, in different parts of the world in yeah doing
7: that? um well, I, I started traveling when I was a kid. M- my parents took me all over the world and South America mostly and Central America. So I was really influenced by indigenous cultures from the very get-go. And, um, yeah, since 98, I guess, I've been, or 97, I've been you know carrying a field recorder with me wherever I go and, and uh, bringing those sounds into our compositions. And it's really a unique way to get really, you know... Unique characters and sounds, and, and you know, like nobody else will have that particular sound. Right. Yeah.
0: Any particular favorite parts of the the area? Any countries that speak to you?
7: Um, well, we mostly spent time in Brazil and Peru. They were um, they had a business uh, selling crystals in Santa Fe. They had a crystal store.
0: Oh wow! So
7: we would go down there on business and go to the mines and and bring back crystals, and then in wow. between that they would go to these sacred sites like Machu Picchu and yeah and all that and, you know, deep in the Amazon. And nice. So, yeah, I really got to experience a lot. I spent
0: that. a lot of time in uh, Guatemala. That's a really... Yeah, deep, I like love the, Guatemala. Like the call, the pyramids and all that.
7: Tikal's amazing. Some of my mm-hmm. favorite bird recordings are from Tikal, actually. Yeah, mm. interesting.
0: Yeah. I did Mayan ceremony there and they had me speak like a bird and, kaka! I mean, I, you know, I don't really do it, but... I just did it on radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded great.
2: It was believable. How are
0: you rolling your eyes in there, Howard? <laughs> so growing up, I mean, were you, did you have a particular spiritual practice that kind of led you towards so, sort of the metaphysical or the spiritual ways that, and the music that you're bringing forward? I mean, I just wondered, did you have a certain time of your life that kind of led you to like, oh, this is my path instead of like Krishna Das, right? He's going to be lead singer of Blue Oyster Cult and goes to India. I just wondered if there's a part of your life that kind of just steered you towards this resonation.
7: Yeah, definitely. In in college, I was dating a classically trained uh, East Indian dancer, Mm -hmm. and her father was a virtuoso sitar player. And around that time, I really got more serious about my practice of yoga and meditation. And before that, I grew up in a hippie household, and there was a lot of spirituality and you know alternative ideas floating around. My dad was a, a musician and collected instruments from all over the world, and that's where I first heard the didgeridoo. I started playing that in around 95, and I think the didge and being exposed to the East Indian culture around that time was really formative for me, and I found a lot of... Um, meditative qualities to the the sound of the didgeridoo and its ability to to heal people and and really change their states of consciousness and um that had a big impact on me and and uh yeah like i said i started studying yoga at that time and got really involved in tibetan buddhism that's been my path ever since
0: Mm. beautiful
2: I was curious to see how you find... That, the...
0: I don't, that, don't, that won't bleed over, right, Howard? No. Okay. Okay. Sorry.
2: So I, I did a little research, and I saw the project that you're working on with the, with the performance. You know, your music is really inspired by movement, it seems like. So how do you really try to capture the movement in your music?
7: I think what we really try to capture is the journey, the quality of taking the listener from one place to another place and and how you know the soundscape unfolds and and influences the listener's consciousness and and that could be in the form of meditation or in dance and and both are equally important you know and sometimes people are dancing and meditating at the same time, and sometimes I'll see that a lot. From my perspective, I'll see people in the audience kind of dancing in a prayer with their eyes closed, and, and it's it's really devotional with what they're experiencing. Sometimes they're totally still and meditating, and the music's like yeah. really energetic. It's so it, much it, movement. It really there. amazes me that they can be so still and quiet and still be transported so deeply right. with the beats that are going on. But there is that quality to our music where you, you can do that, you know?
2: yeah. Me personally, I found a lot of balance within your music because I, I do a lot of hand balancing and a lot of calisthenics movements, um, and I use music to really help me get better in, in the physical action. So I like to test out the songs you know, by doing a handstand with them, and I did one with your song, and I really, really locked it in, and it felt great.
0: We'll have to show you that video. In fact, I think we're going to put that video up not only on Facebook, but on the Zeta Continuum just to show how um, Nick walked from our office all the way through to our studio um, listening to one of your songs. On my hands. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll like it. (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot of movement. In fact, we can probably, as, as we move into the next segment, I want to talk more about the live productions and where you're going, because when I saw your promo video, I was like, wow, a conscious Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I mean, it was really great. And I also come from the world of um, producing festivals, so I've been very involved. I was involved with Harmony Festival. I've been involved with many different festivals and produced events. And I was looking at on your bio of the rosters of places you performed. I think that's just scratching the surface with seems like where you're going to be going with your next production.
7: Yeah, this this next year is really exciting for us. <clears throat> We've been touring pretty much nonstop for four years now, and it's mostly just been Trevor and me um, with a couple laptops and a bunch of MIDI controllers. And you know, mm-hmm. we make it somewhat live as well by adding lots of flavors on top of the tracks we're playing. And every once in a while, like a few times a year, we'll we'll do a, a, a show outside of that box and have some live musicians or have some performers. We did a couple this year um that were really inspiring, one in Bali and one up in Colorado at Sonic Bloom. And both of them had, you know, several performers. We had like 9 or 10 people total, and it was really inspiring for us to to take everything to a new level and have this more live experience um with performers and musicians and the whole you know, the whole gamut really. Wow. Uh-huh.
0: Wow. I, w- I was just thinking about Howard does rock and art fusion where he is an artist with who does painting and I was looking at your video and I was thinking wow that's just there's a lot of choreography
7: there and a lot of
0: putting together or is it completely just organic?
7: No there is a lot of um, choreography and we're working with uh, primarily with this amazing performer Tammy Firefly and um she is just a master at so many things, and, and she kind of manages the whole that the performance part of the show, and um, we're in a process now of figuring out what the show will be next year. Um, the shows we've done so far have been put together very last minute, you know, the day or two before, and, um, and so now we'll have more time to really do even more choreography and
0: Excellent. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're here with a Monty friend from Desert Dwellers, McJohnson, and myself, Savante, here on ZGR. We'll be back in a moment. A Grandmother's Nurturing Prayer for Humanity. Hi everyone, Zavante here from ZGR, and it's an honor to bring you a compilation CD featuring renowned woman of prayer, Grandmother Florida Mayo, with music curated and reimagined by ZGR's own Howard Wolkin and composer Nick Johnson. It's a special and heartwarming experience, one like no other, released in time for the holidays. There's no better gift than bringing a gift of song and prayer to one's heart. To order a digital or physical copy that includes a special sacred plant meditation oil, go to floridamayo.bandcamp.com. That's floridamayo.bandcamp.com.
7: Hi, ZGR, I'm Kevin Vias from Property Bros. NN, your real estate company with old school traditions and values. If you're in the market for a new home or getting ready to sell your existing home in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area, Let us support your needs with a complimentary consultation to guide you through the process and get you into the home of your dreams. We'll work together to ensure a smooth and easy experience while having fun along the way. With an extensive background in both buying and selling for our clients, we're here to meet via email, Skype, face-to-face, or by phone, the way we all used to do business. Call 505-312-4950 or visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash propertybrothersnm.
0: Welcome back to ZGR. I am Lainey Savante Walken here and having a great time talking about my favorite subject, conscious music. And we are here with a Monty friend from Desert Dwellers, if you're just tuning in, and my co-host today, Nick Johnson from Tap to Music. And he's not just from Tap to Music. He's also one of the composers with Howard Walken on the Florida Mayo newly released CD. So check that out. And Let us know how we can find out. Is it desertdwellers.com, Amani?
7: It's actually desertdwellers.org.
0: Perfect. I'm so glad you clarified that. Okay, great. And you're actually everywhere. So, I mean, we hear you on Pandora quite a bit. And um, I'm really excited that you're here to talk about that. And in addition to your music, you do a lot of remixes and you work with a lot of artists out there. And I thought maybe we could talk about some of them. Being Garish is one of my absolute favorites. He knows that. <laughs> and, and maybe we could just share a little bit more about the process and working with some of the different people that you've had the opportunity to.
7: Yeah, one of my favorite collaborations um, was with Michael Stearns, who uh, did the soundtrack for Baraka and Samsara, and he actually lived in Santa Fe. Whoa, okay. And um, yeah, you know, he's been a big influence in, in, in my own personal evolution of music and you know the the soundscapes and the cinematic pads that he creates is is amazing and mm. so i had the opportunity to work on a track with him called stratosphere which is actually a, a you know a tribal house track but it has this amazing breakdown where it goes into michael stern's pads and it sounds very much like baraka um so that was that was really fun for me um and another another one that stands out for me is this year. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Lula Cruza. Um, they're from Argentina, and they're an amazing kind of Folktronica group.
0: Folktronica, I love that.
7: Yeah, and it, it's more heavy on the folk music yeah. and with a little bit of electronica in, in the background when they play. And um, I fell in love with their music a few years ago when I was working for Yogi Tunes, and yeah. I first found them... Uh, Then And then I had the pleasure of meeting them at a a retreat in Costa Rica in February. And I got to hear them perform for the first time. And we actually became friends and had a great connection. And and then from that, we decided to swap remixes. So they remixed us and we remixed them. And it was really fun to get their take on one of our tracks because they remixed an ambient track with a spoken word that we use as an invocation. And um, they actually took the spoken word and translated it into Spanish and made this whole song in a Lula Cruz style um, around our concept and a few of our ambient sounds. And that was, and now we want to take their song and remix it even further, you know, and, and kind of just go back and forth. So that was a lot of fun, too. Oh,
0: that's nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. when you
7: do go to remix something like that,
2: how do you go about choosing the right direction for the song like you can use a specific song if you'd like to just kind of give us an example of your thought process of starting a project like that
7: well it depends on the material you're working with with the L- Lulu cruiser one the song was so amazing and, and powerful that it really just needed um, a real simple beat and bass line and a few synths and and we kept the integrity of the song and all the sections, for the most part, we just added some more. So it would work for festivals, you know, some more beats and stuff. So did it already have an existing beat? Um, sort of. I mean, a little bit. Um, and definitely some percussion. But it definitely needed more in that department. So for that one, it was obvious what we needed to do. Right. In other ones, you know, you might not get as many parts that are usable. Or, and so you want to create a lot of parts of your own. And it ends up becoming a very new track interesting Um, with a few of the old parts
2: wow that sounds like such a fun process to go through you know you have so much inspiration from a source that has curated that inspiration for you and all you have to do is try to channel it and make it shine
7: it sounds like yeah and take it in a whole new direction a lot of times so that um you know for a lot of the the kirtan artists we we wanted to take their music into a new um, direction so that new people would hear their stuff that might not have heard it before because the kirtan world is a very small world, the mm-hmm. whole yoga world. and So by doing these kind of kirtronica remixes is what we called them, we were allowing that music to kind of go into other more electronic down-tempo realms. Wow, I love that. Yeah,
0: I was saying earlier on the show with Jay Lakshmi and Ananda, I had produced a uh, Kirtanaka event where they headlined in in Albuquerque, and it was so well received, even for people who don't even know what mantra is and don't even know what Kirtan is, to come into that room. And I had said earlier that you didn't need alcohol, you didn't need drugs. I mean, there was such a high vibration, and and everybody walked away so expanded even people that i knew that were there that weren't you know you know as conscious per se they just walked away so enlightened even i mean they just looked different by the time they left that evening and i was just so great that we all were able to gather and model uh, high vibrational music you know the consciousness of being together in community i mean just everything that your music brings out in people as well i mean it's just such a gift so uh, i hope everybody continues to expand this genre even bigger and bigger and i believe that's where we're all headed yeah
7: yeah mantras are incredibly powerful at um shifting consciousness and And so chanting them over and over again is obviously a very, you know, heightened experience for people.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like you can create that mantra
7: or the the
2: chanting through remixing, you know? You can create that digitally. You
7: can create that energy through everything you do, and I think that's the real um, root wisdom of of a lot of spiritual traditions is that, you know, you, you want to bring that energy into all the things you do in life. Right. And so you can channel that intention into electronic music as much as you can into um, an instrument. And it's, you know, it takes more time because there's all this, like, logical things that get in the way of the creative process with computers. But once you become fluent, then you can channel that creative energy and your intention, you know, to bring healing frequencies into that electronic music as well.
2: Right.
0: Do you have a particular instrument that you're drawn to?
7: I started with piano and keyboards. I started when I was five, and I did that for a long time. Um, And then I also studied didgeridoo and a lot of world percussion in the 90s as well. Do you like to
2: use a lot of music theory in your songs, or is it more just kind of by
7: the ear? I studied a lot of that. I went to music school in Santa Fe and got a degree in music composition and production. Oh, yeah. So I think um, that's just in in my, my you know, my being. It's in his matrix. It's in my matrix <laughs> as I'm trying to, you know, work on things in the computer. Um, and I think, you know, like certain things are important, you know, in terms of conveying emotion musically, you know, there's certain intervals and things that will create certain emotions and certain passages or chord progressions that will take people on a journey um and i'm really stoked on you know world scales like really mysterious ethnic you know egyptian scales or or middle eastern scales or Mm. so we work with a lot of vocalists who can sing in that style
2: amazing that's got to be very useful when you're in the studio May not yeah. focus on it, you know, solely, but just having that within you, like you said, is very valuable.
7: Yeah, it's very valuable. And likewise, with the percussion too, it's really important to know how to play, you know, odd signature, like five or seven or nine comfortably so that we might not do that much in electronic music, but, you know, it'll change certain things you're programming or, or playing on the keyboard if you have a, a rhythmic knowledge as well.
0: Mm. That's great. So, any shows coming up? It's now January second. So, any uh, shows that we can look forward to in anything locally? There
7: is one locally um, on the twentieth uh, up in Taos. It's going to be actually outside for solstice, just you know, during right before sunset, so it won't get too cold. But um, that'll be fun. It's always fun to play locally. We don't do that too much, actually. Yeah. Um, the big show's coming up. is uh We're going to India right after Christmas for this huge festival called Sunburn oh. in Goa.
0: In so, Goa. Oh, yeah. we were just talking about it. I've been all over India, and we said, Howard and I were just saying, wow, we really just need to focus one trips just for Goa. So see, this is a sign. So tell us about that event. Big festival? Uh, well, it's the first
7: time we've been to India, so uh, oh, Okay. I don't know too much about goa or the festival it's a big festival and (laughs) um more on the edm kind of electronic tip less on the psytrance but there is psytrance there as well um and right after we're only there for like two days right after that we fly to costa rica for a a yoga retreat for new year's
0: that's actually perfect to go to india and then to (laughs) go to costa rica (laughs) better that way than the other way around yeah um Well, we'd love to have you back on the show later on this year and uh, spend some time. Let us know how we get to find out how some of these journeys are. And um, we really appreciate you being here today. And, again, check out Desert Dwellers at DesertDwellers.org. And um, I think that's the wrap. What do you think, Nick?
2: I think that was a great segment. I learned a lot from your creative process.
7: Excellent. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, you can also go to SoundCloud if you're familiar with that website. And we have a lot of live sets on there. And it's a great place just to put on Desert Dwellers for hours and hours, you know.
0: Excellent. Yes. Yeah, we love SoundCloud. All right. Well, we hope you spend the rest of your weekend listening to excellent conscious music with Desert Dwellers, Jaya Lakshmi, and Ananda. And take it easy and be safe. God bless.